Hey Chiefs Kingdom, this is Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs. To stay at the top of their game, the Chiefs have trusted the University of Kansas Health System for their care. And you can trust them to care for you too. Whether you're a pro athlete, a student athlete, or a fan who likes to stay active, the care remains the same. Because the University of Kansas Health System cares for the entire Chiefs Kingdom. To request an appointment, visit kansashealthsystem.com slash chiefs. All right, let's go ahead and move on and bring in GoPowerCat.com's Ryan Wallace. And Ryan, first I'll apologize to you as a Missouri guy. Um, we've not have the Missouri has not been kind to your family the last two weeks. Beat your case state in a row, Dion. Uh, to beat your case state, then you traveled and had to sit in the dome and watch a game. And and did your dad go to Memphis? Is that or he grew up a Memphis fan? Is that my what the dad deal? is a we? Uh, I was born in Memphis. Uh, my dad grew up in Memphis. He's a Memphis State alumni in the state um so yeah that it was it was a it was fun father-son bonding time a good trip but uh let's just get one thing out of the way here Dion and it has nothing to do with either Tigers or the Wildcats uh, I, I definitely see why the uh, Missouri State Championships are no longer played in the St. Louis Dome because what a monstrosity that has become well I as we were texting on Saturday uh I don't know how it looked inside the dome but the color, the lighting, the color of the turf mixed in with the gray uniforms of Memphis made it almost unwatchable on television. <laughs> uh, you could, because the Memphis guys just blended into the turf with the lighting. And and I told you the last time I was there in 2015 doing state championship games that looked like they had not painted a wall since it opened in the, I think, early 90s uh, in 2015. And I got money says it probably doesn't look like they painted a wall since 2015. No, uh, I would probably say that they have done bare minimum since the Rams left in order to just basically keep them eligible to have events <laughs> like this or the Battle Hawks. And I would venture to guess that the, I'm not even going to call it turf, the carpet that they rolled out <laughs> was probably the same that Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk were playing on. So. Yeah, it's it's not good. Um, but one of the things about the Dome that I don't know if people know, uh, you when you do a broadcast from there, um, it's in what's called the dugout because when they first opened the dome, the press box at the dome is all the way at the top. And that's where all the booths, the radio booths, the TV booths, and all that is. John Madden, who's notoriously doesn't like to fly, uh, walked into that building pre-Monday night football, like on a, I don't know, Thursday or Friday. And he goes, where's the press box? And they go, up there. And he's like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so they built on the Kind of, I don't know where you'd say, but probably on the main level of, of what Arrowhead is, uh, not mm -hmm. the club level, down below. They built this little eight foot by five foot little thing. And that's where they broadcast from. That's where the Monday night guys are and everything like that. And you literally walk out of that into the crowd. And <laughs> if you want to go to the bathroom, the bathroom is with everybody else. And so that's the, that's the thing about that dome is they threw that thing up quick, not quick, but I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the more, as well as Arrowhead is conceived and, and Coffin was conceived at the time they were doing it, the dome was ill-conceived. It was the beginning of, hey, we don't need the press on the club level or the press level anymore. We can throw them all the way up at the top. And that got backfired on them, so they built that dugout. But that's, those are, those are a little musings on the, on the dome uh, and, and that kind of thing. And, the one advantage the Dome had for Missouri State Championships is it was weather controlled and you could have them all in one place. 
And, and I know there are plenty of fans in the state of Missouri who would make that a weekend every year. And they would go down and watch those games when they moved it around, they went to Springfield for a while. And then they went, then they're back in Columbia, which technically is a better place to be. It's a central location and, and, and is fine. Um, and the, the loss of the guaranteed weather uh, hurt the championships in terms of, of, of attendance because there were people that had no skin in the game, had no teams in the thing that would go to the dome every year. And yes, I, I think it's important for Missouri to play in St. Louis. I almost would suggest after seeing that on TV that they play at the soccer stadium. <laughs> well, yeah, Kansas Cityans just take my word from Memphis fans who play their home games in the Liberty Bowl, mind you. <laughs> take my word. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> well, let's talk a little Kansas football. Um, interesting games last week. You were at Gardner Mill Valley. Yes. Um, and I, I, as I told Mick Schaefer, I thought that Gardner would win and probably by a couple scores. They just dominated. Um, was that more about what Gardner is? Um, we know that Mill Valley's not doesn't have the same talent they've had in the past. Still a really good football team, still a favorite in 5A. But Gardner really is starting to kind of cement itself as the favorite in 6A. Yeah, I mean, there was growing buzz kind of through the offseason that this, you know, would be a, a Mill Valley team that, you know, might have to rally a little bit more. But myself and I think many others is just you you kind of assume that they'll they'll have enough pieces, right? To, you know, even if they don't go undefeated that it'll be kind of like last year where they've got to kind of lose some games themselves, right? Or, you know, another team just rises up that night. Did not expect for the game to be the way that it was. Um, I, I will say this, though. Even Mill Valley at their finest, even if they have, you know, a, a completely healthy team, even if you give them uh, maybe a handful of their offensive playmakers that they had on that team a year ago, this Gardner-Edgerton team, folks, is 1,000% for real. Um, they're massive, first off. They are the, – the brute force that that team plays with on both sides of the ball, uh, you know, they're the type of team that it seems like, whether it's offensively or defensively, you know, you could hit them, have their face mask kind of get pounded back into their nose. They're bloody – they're bruised and they're smiling at you as they go back into the huddle. Like that's the type of Gardner team that they have. And unlike some of the other offenses and stuff that you see that run that type of scheme, right. You know, I don't know if it's kind of read option, wishbone you know, whatever you want to call it, that Dustin Delaney runs, they have athletes. They will throw the ball. They did throw the ball. Um, that That's as well-oiled a machine as I've seen this year. Uh, you know, I mentioned to you guys off air athletically, I think Wichita Northwest would be right up there with one of the best teams in Kansas that I've seen this year um, skill wise. Right. But if you're talking about an overall package and an overall balance of rushing, receiving defense to offense, this Gardner Edgerton team is as good a team as I've seen uh, on the Kansas side. And I'd love to see what they would do against the Liberty North. Based upon what you've just said about Gardner and how you feel about Gardner, how do you feel about their game this week with Olathe North? Olathe North's got a lot of pride. A lot of pride. And again, another one of those teams that is is rare to see get pushed around. You know, Olathe North for years with Chris McCartney and before that, you know, have made it a point to be the more physical team, to win the line of scrimmage, uh, control possession, so I, I think this is probably on a better matchup 
which, you know, you never thought you would say, you know, Mill Valley wouldn't be a good matchup for anybody, but um, this year, maybe not. Maybe Olathe North is actually the better matchup, the better test for Gardner Edgerton. So I'm, I'm with you on that one, coach. I just, it'll be interesting to see if Olathe North kind of has the horses uh, to contend because, you know, Randy Singleton is a guy that uh, is not getting enough love right now for what he can be. Uh, I compare him a lot to, speaking of Olathe North, Jacob Parrish. I don't know if he's got the wheels that Jacob did, but, you know, when we start to talk about all Simone team and stuff and guys that could potentially earn a spot on either side of the ball, I think Randy Singleton's going to be up there. And I'm I'm not sure Olathe North has somebody that can really match up with him. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting game. And, and like you said, they definitely will bring the physicality. Um, before we let you go, uh, new classifications out. And you and I were texting about this. Uh, 5A went from, hey, there's a couple teams in there that are pretty good to, hey, there's like seven name brands that are now <laughs> there with Blue Valley and Blue Valley North coming down, uh, Aquinas, St. James, and um, Baser Linwood coming up. When you bring in team, when you when you take teams that have won state titles in other divisions in the last ten years and pull them all into one, that West bracket's going to be brutal, or that East bracket's going to be brutal next year. It's uh, that's the that's the big story out of the out of the changes. I mean, May's going up, and uh, you know, Wichita West going up will affect things, but uh, really in the Kansas City Metro, that that Class Five A group is is really going to be the topic of conversation. Yeah, I mean, I think we've gone. I think we've kind of flipped where, you know, 5A West used to be more certainly more competitive than 5A East. And now that you have the 5A West losing Maze that gets bumped up to 6A, I think that hurts Maze. Um, I think now the West is, I mean, you would think Bishop Carroll's kind of to uh, run with. Um, yeah, because Capen know, goes down to four. <laughs> sure. So, I, you know, I year to year, I mean, it seems like Carroll would be the favorite over there. And now you've got 5A. And you mentioned Aquinas, Blue Valley, St. James. But, you know, another one that we've talked about, you know, coming into the season that, you know, they weren't going to be – this wasn't going to be their year. They're still a couple years away. But you start to look at what Blue Valley North could be in a couple years. They're going to now be competitive. And now you've got poor Blue Valley Southwest that used to be kind of a shoe-in for, you know, the, the semifinals, the Eastern finals every year against Mill Valley – doesn't look like the shoe in anymore there's going to be some really good teams that um you know are going to have to play each other and get knocked out in that second round uh and then the other one that i wanted to touch on real quick dion is what you said which is capen going down to four i think that finally brings a little bit more balance to 4a obviously you've got saint james and aquinas that move up to 5a which just leaves miage um so again it seems like miage would be the favorite every year to come out of the east but for so many years, whoever's come out of the East, well, Migos had some good runs there. Bueller's had a couple good runs there. But, I mean, it's been kind of overmatched. Now you get Capen down there on the 4A side in the West, and you've got a little bit more of a, a worthy foe and a worthy adversary that will be staring down a Miege or whoever it may be coming out of 4A East now in the state finals. So that that those were the big takeaways for me, no doubt. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's uh... – Again, we, we applaud Kansas for being able to do it and turn it around and, and make put their flag in the ground, choose their classes and go on with their day. And unlike Missouri, that makes it a, you know, like trying to pass a spending bill in Congress to get it done. <laughs> so, well, Ryan, hey, have a good week. I know you're headed out to Junction City. Um, 
this week, you're going to get out a little Western Kansas time, huh? Yeah, I want to see Washburn Rural. They're off to an undefeated start, one of the 6A's best uh, out West, and uh, need to see Michael Boganowski, who's still an undecided recruit in the state of Kansas, <laughs> down to K-State, KU, and Oklahoma. Um, maybe we'll get some recruiting news out of the weekend. You never know, but that should be a good one, worth the drive for me. It's got to be something to get you to drive out. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone willingly drive? To, there's got to be something to pull you into junction. Well, have a good one. And we'll chat with you again next week. Thank you guys.